Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air, online, seven days a week, running around the clock, and it does that because it's on what we refer to as a radio loop. It's, it's, it exists on a computer, and the computer has software that plays that show, the current show, in a loop over and over and over again so that when you go to www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and you go to the second link that you arrive at, you're arriving at the home page of Center Left Radio when you, when you go to that link. The, the second link on that page clearly, clearly is marked and says and will be interpreted by you as meaning that I have arrived at what we call the radio loop. And when you hit that link, you will basically pick up the show at whatever point the show happens to be at that moment and uh and and that's the way i think a lot of people uh have uh discovered radio or or have experienced radio in their lifetimes certainly in mine that's the way radio always was we're appealing to an audience that has uh I suppose, at least with that particular service of Center Left Radio, that has recollections of uh, uh, of a of a transistor radio, perhaps to their ear, or on the beach, or being carried along, or or flicking something on in the car and listening to a talk radio show. And you can do that. You can do all that. Pick it up wherever it is and get interested, or not. Hopefully you will. And if you get to the end and you want to know how the show began, stay there because in about, oh, I guess three seconds, the show starts over again. It's like going to the Saturday matinee when you were a kid and there were two movies and you came in during the second one and it wasn't, you didn't see the entire second one. You stayed to see the first one again and then stayed to see the beginning of the second movie to figure out why the monsters were able to come in and destroy Tokyo as easily as they did. Kind of along those lines. Or you, of course, always have the option of, of simply listening in uh, to our podcast Every show that's up on our radio loop is also on our podcast. Speaking of which, the show that we currently have up, uh, which is uh, a Noble Hearts Forum, a, a group of guys uh, from Regis High School, myself included, from our, from our year, uh, basically getting together every so often to discuss important topics and the one last week uh, that we did a week ago, last Friday, uh, this being Friday again today, uh, really was uh, of, of critical importance. It was pretty much, you know, will democracy survive? What is the, what is the possibility of, of, uh, of continuing along in the lines that we're continuing 
given the way we are behaving politically and otherwise in this country. It's gotten a lot of it's gotten a lot of uh, response. It's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of interest. And we most certainly are going to do more noble heart forms for uh, yeah, uh, in the future. We were at the end of that show, by the way, we were talking about the possibility of uh, doing well, you know, the next one should be on education. And, and Charles, Dr. Charles Webel, uh, who was on the show with us, uh, so was John Cugini, so was, so was Dr. Bill Mulligan. Uh, Ch- Charles kind of jumped in and said, well, let, let's wait and see what happens with Russia. And, and Charles, for those of you who were listening or have listened to Noble Hearts Forum shows that we've done in the past, uh, Charles is, uh, among a whole list of things, something sort of a, the equivalent of our foreign correspondent. He was, he was coming to us from Prague uh, during that last uh, Noble Hearts Forum that we did, had spent some time in Dubai not long before that, and is very, very in touch. Uh, given his particular orientation, uh, he's the he was the co-author, is the co-author of the most uh, widely used text on peace studies uh, within uh, colleges and universities. I would say around the world. Um, very oriented to the positions and the thought processes of various international governments and communities relative to key events in the world. Russia uh, piling up all sorts of munitions and people on the border of, U- well, it's not really the border of Ukraine, it's within the part of Ukraine that they usurped once before, a few years back. Uh, sort of now declaring, declaring completely as their own, but, but uh, for all intents and purposes on the border of the extant uh, country known as Ukraine at this point, this very large country uh, with borders uh, on Poland and Russia and Moldavia and I think Romania and uh, I think uh, Czech has a border with Ukraine, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's at the doorstep of Eastern and, and, and Central and Western Europe, basically. And, and Ukraine has a, was, you know, was uh, very um, much in the news. It was the reason for the first impeachment of Donald Trump. He attempted to basically uh, extort an um, a investigation of Joe Biden and Biden's son, from President Zelensky of Ukraine uh, in exchange for giving Zelensky and Ukraine the weaponry that had already been approved by the Congress, a direct violation of U.S. law for which uh, Trump has yet to be prosecuted. I mean, the, the impeachment was all well and good. Uh, you have to keep in mind, of course, that we've yet, we've yet to get um, any criminal prosecution, much less any incarceration of any of the bankers who were involved in the economic meltdown of 2008. So it, it, it's, it's not surprising that uh, 
there there has yet to be a anything that I would consider a a full and fair reckoning uh, demanded of a former president of the United States as ill-advised as the uh, presidency may have been, as uh, the election process might otherwise have been. You know, if you if you want to think about uh, elections and, and, and all of the crap that's going on right now with Donald Trump yelling and screaming that it was a, it was a fix and you attempt to have an insurrection. I, I refer people back to 2000 and Bush v. Gore and the Supreme Court stepping in and essentially giving the election to uh, George W. Bush, Bush 43, uh, even though a proper count of the votes in Florida would have given the election to um, Al Gore. And the court stepped in and said, no, Florida has the last word. It's a state, blah, 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 blah. And Al Gore, what did he do? He stopped bitching and moaning. He said, this is pushing the constitutional boundaries of the country a bit further than I'm comfortable with. I don't know that he said those words exactly, but that's exactly why he did it. And backed down and gave and, and allowed the election, did not further protest what the Supreme Court had done, could have, could have pulled a Trump. Anyone could pull a Trump, I guess, but he didn't. And, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's rare that you hear that, that, uh, that analogy raised. Uh, certainly, uh, I don't know that uh, Trumpian types who are going along with the big steel lie uh, would want to hear that. They probably would consider Al Gore stupid. Why didn't you keep going? You could have had it. Certainly, Gore had a far more powerful position and hand to play. He was, he was working with facts. He was working legally. And he was working, essentially, with equity. But the court ruled Republican. The conservative majority, even then, of the court ruled Republican. And the election was removed. Uh, from Al Gore, uh, simply a recount was no longer demanded. They didn't have to count again. And so the last count of the, of the woman who was the, I guess, she, was she the Secretary of State or whatever her position was in Florida, that erroneous count gave us George Bush and uh, the invasion of Iraq and 20 years of war and Kuwait and everything else and, uh, and uh, I'm sorry, not Kuwait, Afghanistan and all of the ugliness that recently transpired in the process of our getting out of there. It, voting and votes have confidence, elections have consequences and, and history is determined by these things. Trumpians just don't seem particularly bothered by history or any of that stuff. We, we, we have a long history in this country of uh, opposition to the desires of the ruling party of government by a minority. We are basically... Uh, 
We are a constitutional democracy with First Amendment rights there. One can complain, bitch, moan, say just about anything they want, short of fomenting insurrection, short of, of, of basically uh, creating a legal, uh, creating an illegal situation, leading it, forcing it, short of being Donald Trump. You can pretty much do anything or say anything that does not overstep a, 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 a I, don't, I wouldn't call it a well-established line. We, 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 by virtue of how we function in this country, have more in the way of, or at least as much in the way of traditions of not overstepping lines as we do have laws, especially as you ascend up the ranks of government. We have very little in the way of laws that specifically apply, let's say, to the activities of a chief executive, of the president of the country, in terms of how much he can or can't do uh, in terms of what he can say and everything else. We, we have a situation where we watch the whole world watch Donald Trump uh, lead an insurrection saying we can't allow this to stand. Let's get down there. You'll never get anything being nice. You have to force it. All those words, everything else. Rudy Giuliani, the whole gang. And we're still laboring over the notion of what are the legal precedents? What, what are the legalities that are inherent what legalities have been triggered? What laws are on the books? Has there been an identifiable crime committed? And would that crime withstand, uh, would, 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 would accusations of that crime, would an indictment of Donald Trump based on the crime of criminal insurrection or some equivalent thereof, maybe something like what was, what, was, what was dropped on the leader of the Oath Keepers and several others, would that sort of an indictment stand up in court? And I, my, 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 my short answer would be, yeah, I, I, I don't imagine how it couldn't. And I don't even, at this point, imagine how, how Certainly, the January 6th investigatory commission doesn't have all the information it needs. It's at the point now of calling the main perpetrators, getting all of the resistance from them. And I assume at some point in 2022, uh, if Merrick Garland will be true to his word, and it'll be his, it would be basically historical. <laughs> uh, it, it, it would be justice rendered with a certain amount of irony tossed in if the man who was denied a seat on the Supreme Court by Mitch McConnell is now able to be the one who through his work and his office uh, brings indictments against Donald Trump and others for insurrection against the very country uh, that he was, uh, uh, well, the, 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 the government that, that he was supposed to have been a part of in a different way. He comes in now as attorney general as opposed to a Supreme Court justice. Uh, there, there's something elegant about all that, obviously. And, and I, 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 it, it go, it's worth noting 
that Nicole Wallace of MSNBC has, I would say now, for somewhere in the range of about a month or, or two, opened virtually every show that she's done. And she does a two-hour show on MSNBC from, from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, five days a week. She has opened her show with an update of what is happening with the January 6th commission, what information is out there. She is among, among people in the liberal press, if you will. I would refer to them as the rational press, but the liberal press, liberal media. She, uh, she stands out, head above heels, anyone else, as, a, as, as basically a... Uh, a the 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 spear the 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 point of the spear point leader uh, of of a of a of an effort to maintain consciousness, never losing it about January sixth and what happened and what is likely to happen, and as I say from from her reporting. Combining that with uh, recent reports about what is happening at the uh, district attorney level, the Manhattan district attorney level, what is happening with Letitia James in Washington, what is happening with the calling of a, a grand jury in Atlanta to discuss the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 incredibly garishly in your face attempt to overturn the election that Trump recorded on tape, which he refers to as the perfect phone call I had, but that's Donald. This is how you're always going to get it. It's going to be in your face and outrageous. It'll be the opposite of whatever you can imagine. It will be a swift boating. It will be a Carl Rovish moment. Uh, you always go at your opponent with the opposite of what you are being given and, and blame somebody else for exactly what it is is problematic in your life. All of that continues on and leads me to believe, and I, and I mentioned this last week on the show, that there will be an indictment. The likelihood to me is that it would come from uh, the, the easiest indictment to bring, and that would be the financial indictments against the Trump Donald Trump and the Trump Organization, pointed to by Letitia James, but just as vigorously being reviewed by uh, the Manhattan District Attorney. Remember, the Manhattan District Attorney's activities are on a criminal level. Letitia James in, in, in Albany, the, the state attorney general, is doing a, let's call it a civil investigation. It's not a trial preparation per se, but, but the Manhattan District attorney is specifically working in a cr criminal area and has already indicted Weisselberg, the, the, uh, the accountant for the Trump organization, on some relatively lesser charge, but has continued an investigation of Trump and the Trump organization. All of this would fall right into that, and it would be the obvious and easiest place for an indictment to come down first. But that remains to be seen how that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I imagine, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not hearing yet 
exactly what the counterpoint will be from Trumpian types. Uh, how do you uh, do you argue uh, when do you argue that no, he didn't revalue those properties? Do you argue? Um, uh, that uh, it, it was just accidental that he misstated the square footage of the apartment that he lived in by by three times by three hundred percent, doing it in one direction when it benefited him for loans, and doing it in the other di direction when he had to pay taxes on the same thing, and did this over and over again, all absolute criminal violations, all with jail sentences tacked on if you are convicted of the same. What's the comeback to that? Oh, no, he didn't? Oh, you made up those tax forms? Oh, those tax forms are complete. There'll be something really wacky, and it hasn't come out just yet, but it will, that will be out there. There'll be a conspiracy theory that will be raised, that will be say that the district attorney in New York is using a fake set of tax records. That, that's, I'm making this up, but, but it would make for a great conspiracy theory that there is a replacement, let, you heard it here first, folks. There is a set of replacement tax records that has been thrown there that were basically, and that, oh, wait a minute, Merrick Garland is part of a group that's putting out false tax statements about Donald Trump. Let's try another one. Um, he was only joking. Everybody knows that Donald jokes, and he well, no, but he didn't joke when he signed or wrote anything or made declarations for the IRS. No, he those were fake forms anyway, just like the forms that the self-appointed electors in two or three states literally filed in order to get the ability to overturn elections in those states. Those were real forms, and the actual forms that passed through all of the proper authorities within the various states, those were fake. This is how easily nuts this whole thing will get. And, and there's, there's evidence, constant evidence, of the ability of the far right to, to buy and eat and chew anything that will basically be counter and contrary to both reality and, of course, to the forces of reality, and I consider those to be generally within the Democratic Party at this point. And there's a remarkable example of that playing out right now in Russia with, uh, with uh, Tucker Carlson uh, leading <laughs> the charge to say that the Russians are the ones who we should be supporting in the entire Ukraine situation. Seriously, Carlson and, and his ilk on Fox, are coming up with a whole series of reasons why Russia has been wronged. And, and hey, look, Russia and Ukraine are equally, uh, they're just two foreign countries, and why should we feel any more towards one or the other? Anyway, what's, what's Ukraine ever done for us? 
taking nothing of, 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 of geopolitical realities in the region into account, thinking nothing of NATO simply because Donald thinks nothing of NATO or didn't know what to think of NATO or had no idea about behind it, but realized that he could make some kind of political or cultural hay out of it. And simply saying that, well, yeah, why shouldn't it be Russia? Well, geez, curious that Donald seems to have had a little bit of a of a coziness with Putin. And 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 once and, and just finding this opportunity to fly in the face of the policies of the government. And of course, the Republicans, no longer being Republicans, no longer able to remember anything about their roots, a substantial group of Republicans in Congress are coming along and playing the same game. As if, well, let's see now. Uh, Tucker is doing that. Tucker is probably talking to Donald, so we have to do this too, because Tucker owns our base through Donald. Tucker being Donald's surrogate is the voice that the base listens to now. Tucker has the largest audience of any cable news commentator, I believe, in the country. Rachel Maddow should be close on MSNBC. But Tucker, of course, is far more controversial, far crazier, and far more willing to do that. He's not crazy in any clinical sense. He's a very smart guy, Harvard-educated, knows exactly what he's saying, but he's drunk the Kool-Aid. And we have many of those out there. Now, like I say, we, we've had people... Uh, who have gone against the policy of the nation on any number of occasions. But when you have open dissent about U.S. policy, foreign policy, being mouthed by the minority slash we still run the place party, the Republicans, this is an area of unprecedented uh, craziness and and it, and it, and it's it smacks of civil war era kind of stuff to some extent world war 2 but not not so much there were there were dissenting voices a lot of americans didn't want to go in when the decision was raised that we would have to that all went away I've never in my lifetime seen a situation where an, a, an avowed enemy of the United States or one that would take advantage of us in a heartbeat basically is given uh, preference over a sovereign nation that has already been the object of, uh, of, 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 of illegal acts by the former president of this country and this is being done openly as a situation is unfolding. This is, this is unprecedented. And it all goes back to fear of the base. Donald basically still holding a certain amount of sway. And my argument, and I've made it before, you've heard me say this, that once it becomes apparent that Donald can't run or won't be able to run for president there will be this instantaneous effort to become the moderate Republican Party once again. And the base is going to have to sort of put up with that, or not, or stay home. I, I, do, not, I do not make the 2022 elections a foregone conclusion. I, I do not play that game with anyone else at this point. Imagining that, well, you know, uh, the Republicans are going to take over the House and maybe even... No, no. There's still too much to happen.
in 2022, especially regarding indictments against Donald Trump that could have a major impact on the way this election goes. A major impact. One other factor has come into play in the last several days, well, actually in the last two days, now, how much it'll affect the election of its own volition, but it, but it 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 takes it gives you a sense of of, of how I, I want to say easily, but how in need of of some good news the Democrats are after after the ridiculousness of uh, of cinema and mansion screwing up the larger segment of the Build Back America bill, and of course. Worst of all, basically making it impossible to pass reasonable voting legislation at the federal level. Um, th that's been a horror show for Democrats, and it's taken the wind out of a lot of people. But we just had an announcement a couple of days back that uh, Justice Stephen Breyer is going to resign from the court, one of the three liberal justices, but only at the end of this session. And, and it brings up all of the memories of, of Merrick Garland being denied a Senate hearing uh, through the machinations of, uh, of Mitch McConnell and the sudden extension of uh, or, or, the, or the elimination of, of, the, uh, of the filibuster uh, relative to the reappointment of civil... Of, uh, of, of, of Supreme Court justices uh, because, well, you know, it was in the last year of a president's term and there was no real uh, precedent for any of that. It was a load of crap. Uh, Biden, during his campaign, promised, promised, and he promised Jim Claiborne, who basically in South Carolina and by marshalling the, the black vote in South Carolina and by extension much of the rest of the country, Arguably, one of the major reasons why, why Joe Biden is president right now, Jim Claiborne, and a promise to appoint a black female justice to the court one, if and when the opportunity arose. So that opportunity has arisen. And there is an incredibly short list. In fact... <laughs> Many would argue it's a short list of one person. The, the one person is Katanji Brown Jackson. And just, just within several weeks, she was uh, voted onto the D.C. District Court of Appeals. And now, the D.C. District Court in the federal system uh, is, has always been considered sort of a feeder court for the larger Supreme Court. I think right now there are three Supreme Court justices that came out of that court right now. It's, con it's considered to be the court that gets the type of cases that really are uh, of the ilk that wind up before the court. It's, an, it's a very important court. It deals with a great deal of Washington-type stuff, lit legislation and things of that nature, which is really what what the Supreme Court is working with. And so the justices on the D.C. court basically are considered to be prime for this sort of thing. So we have Katanji Brown-Jackson. She's 51 years old, proper age, just confirmed. 
confirmed in this case, you know, being a 50, a 50, you know, a majority vote. Well, when the when the Republicans who have been blocking everything of late, finally of late, are beginning to allow the ice dam to break and actually uh, come along and, and, and vote uh, to get these things moving, the, the nominations, um, three Republican senators. The Senate is where the advice and consent for all of this has to take place. Graham, Collins, and Murkowski all voted for... Katanji Brown Jackson just weeks ago to be placed on the DC court. So it, it would seem rather uh, odd. I mean, there'll, there'll have to be some reason, some some effort, some some excuse to try to block her or do something. But she's just gone through the confirmation hearing on the DC court side of the of the of the, of the issue of of the of the court, as it were. How in the space of, I don't know, six weeks or so, would it be that she suddenly um, is no longer, no, she just really isn't good Supreme Court material. She was great to get, well, like, she hasn't been on the court long enough. Well, I, I, I imagine that's a possible reason. But what other possible excuse would you have? You can't really get, you can't start playing the pure political uh, reason. Uh, we've already, pro Mitch has already proven that, uh, you know, you, you can manipulate and maneuver your way around all that uh, with what he did with Merritt Jackson and, 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 and basically uh, putting, uh, you know, Cunningham in, in, in his place. There's not much that can happen Oh, no, or not much that should happen, but something will happen, obviously. There'll be some kind of culture war game played in order to prevent uh, a, a smooth sailing thing. Because Supreme Court justices and the reappointment or the appointment thereof, that's a big, 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 big one for the base. So, so... So the, the, the Trumpians are really going to have to be fed a lot of red meat on this one. You're going to have to really try to make it as ugly and horrible as possible, knowing full well that in the end, of course, she will make it onto the bench. It would seem to be her. And as I said, uh, Stephen Breyer has already said that he'll stay, the, he'll stay the full term for this year, for the court, giving plenty of time for this nomination process to play out and get done. Uh, McConnell, I, I fully expect, is going to make it as ugly as he possibly can, come up with, with whatever excuses he can. If he were smart, and he is smart, but if he were not fearing the base, as I'm sure he and all Republicans do, he would let this one go and, and live to fight another day, as it were, rather than, than focusing on this one, almost demeaning it to the extent that, well, we're just replacing one liberal with another. And that, in a practical level, is all that's happening. That and the fact that the, that the Democrats, the liberals, finally get a chance to take a, 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 a kind of a victory lap or, or to present the, in, the significance and importance of Stephen Breyer's career and to really focus on, on the ugliness of the process that was used to shove uh, three conservatives, arguably two of whom have at least have been shown to be utterly, I think, 
incompetent or certainly not up to the standards of the Supreme Court. They were off a short list from the Heritage Foundation and essentially uh, uh, Trump not knowing who they were, having no idea, couldn't care less. All he had to know is, will the base be able to bite hard on this? And yeah, they could. So we'll see where all that goes. But again, I, I, I reiterate the, the big stories here, the real important stories, have to do with uh, what's happening in Ukraine at the moment on the borders of the re remaining Ukrainian state, minus Crimea, and how media linking up with the Congress, the, with, with the Trumpians in Congress, and all in the all for the simple purpose of stirring the base, are giving aid and comfort to Russia in a situation where there should be national unification without thinking about it. All because Donald was impeached for helping, or try, no, for, uh, for attempting to, uh, uh, to, to cajole and to, and, to, uh, and to force President Zelensky of Ukraine uh, to basically open an investigation against Donald's political rivals. The only way you overcome that and keep that story out is by finding a way to elevate the Russians and demean the Ukrainians. The Ukrainians have had plenty of bad stuff there. There's been a lot of corruption, no doubt about that, but that's gotten better over time. We know that. But in the real world, the Russians basically are out to take things over. We have the problem of the Germans who have still, are still holding on to uh, their uh, a commitment, is that what it is, to go with this uh, gas pipeline that the Russians are building that would replace the, uh, the primary power generation that the Germans are giving up by eschewing use of all nuclear power in Germany, something that they decided to do um, as a result of, some argue, but it would seem that it certainly was in there, as a result of Donald Trump basically dissing Angela Merkel, dissing NATO, diss dissing every... The Germans decided to go it alone, as it were. And the current government seems to be committed to holding on to this pipeline. Uh, Biden is going to be meeting with the new chancellor of Germany in the first or second week of February, very shortly, to iron this out and see if we can get a unified position among NATO uh, and the EU, for that matter, that basically defines everybody on the same page as supporting Ukraine and resisting Russian aggression. That's not what Tucker Carlson would like because, well, it helps his listenership. It helps his money. It helps Fox. It's, it's politics uh, for the sake of, uh, of profit. And it's happening opening, openly and freely at this stage. And to what detriment or just how bad that, that, that sort of game will play out, we'll, we don't know yet. We'll, we'll see where this all goes. Um, I doubt that Carlson's going to shut up. His ego is too strong and his paycheck is too large. Uh, but let's see where this goes. Russia, I don't think, 
can invade Ukraine at this point, but if it does, and it, it, it might, it will be hell to pay because it's going to be a reshifting of military and economic and every type of alignment uh, in Eastern, in, in Europe generally. Everything's going to have to change when Russia does that. It'll be the first major invasion of a major country since World War II on the European continent. Can't do it, Russia. You, 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 but you have to play the game. Keep the tensions going. And, and you know, and the whole thing, Putin's a genius. No, he's not. He's an opportunist. I go back to what, uh, to what Charles Webel was saying last week. But we have opportunists who are not geniuses, also here, and they call them, you know, what's left of the Republican Party. What's left of uh, what, what passes for media among Trumpians. It's whatever basically keeps the, the base uh, feeling the taste of red meat being chewed in their mouths. Nothing else really matters, it seems. But we'll find out as time moves along. That's about all we could do at the moment. And I would keep reiterating what I consider to be the most single most important thing that people should be focusing on. And the thing that's not really in the news, and it was, as I say, Nicole Wallace every day, every day, <coughs> until talking about Stephen Breyer a couple of days ago or yesterday. But every show for two months beginning with the January 6th investigation and its role in bringing some form of indictment at some point against those responsible, beginning with Donald. I would add that. I would add to that. I would, I would augment that story and that thought process with the idea that it's probably the Manhattan District Attorney that will be the first, his will be the first shoe to drop on this one. And once Donald and or the companies are indicted for the big stuff, and Donald would have to be indicted with them, everything changes. Remember, we've talked about this. Deutsche Bank will withdraw all of the loans out there. Russia won't. No, no, no. Russia doesn't consider itself covered by this. But with Deutsche Bank money pulled away, and that's a few hundred million dollars, everything in the Trump organization begins to collapse very, very rapidly. And depending on how Donald reacts to an indictment, if there's a gag order, which there probably will be, and he attempts to break that gag order, then he dares the government to do what every government, what every, what every court, what the, district, what the local district attorney would be doing, presuming that it's the New York district attorney bringing this case, what, it, what would they be doing? <laughs> you react. You stop the person who's broken the gag order. You do it how? You basically take them into custody. That's when it gets exceptionally interesting. And it's all ahead of us in 2022, as is, and speaking of things ahead of us, uh, David Bach is about to join us on the show. It is Friday here. It's Friday, it's Friday the 28th of January. Uh, we're, we're, we're supposed to get some snow here in the, in the uh, lower mid-Hudson area today. I don't know, depending on which 
uh, weather uh, model you believe in you know, anywhere from three inches to a foot. No one seems to be able to tie this one. There'll be snow on the ground by this time tomorrow. And it'll start sometime this evening. But well before then, we're going to get to hear what David has on his mind. And that's always something worth sticking around for on a Friday. So stay with us. Think about what we've just spoken about now. Wait for David. He'll be here just very shortly. He's, he's showing up any minute. And do it all with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. 
You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, Thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. If you are listening to us there, you're probably picking us up off the website. You're, you're very probably listening to the second link on that page, which is our radio loop. And that means you're picking up this show at whatever point you happen to pick it up at. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, stick around. It'll start from the beginning again about three seconds after the show ends. Or please feel free to go pick us up off of our podcast uh, links. Uh, there's a podcast link right there on the homepage, right there where you picked up the radio link, uh, www.centerlefttalkradio.com. Or go to wherever you get your podcasts from and look for Center Left Radio. This will be the show at the top of the list. At least as I'm saying this, you may be listening to it at a later date. There may be something else above it. In any event, at least for, oh, I guess uh, a few days, beginning on January 28th of 2022, this is, the, uh, this is at the top of the list. And the top of our list for Friday today uh, is always, uh, in terms of getting information, I tried to do that as smoothly as I could. It wasn't quite as smooth as I would have liked. It comes from one person who was here with us every Friday, and I started off the same way every Friday. Why change things now? David, what's on your mind? Well, there's a lot. 
Um, and to find out more, you should follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash freshfacesnewideas or fi- follow me on Twitter at facesideas. Um, look, it's a bit of a weird week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, we got some good news. We got some very weird news. We got some dumb news. So the good news is Justin Breyer has decided that he's going to step down. Yeah. Um, this is good news because now uh, Joe Biden can uh, at least keep the court at 6-3 instead of inevitably when he would die under a Republican. Exactly. Uh, exactly. 6-3 is, is certainly more manageable than 7-2. It's not <laughs> great. Um, it's certainly, unlike Laura Ingram, uh, would want you to believe wouldn't allow the court to be overrun by left-wing radicals of because course. apparently basic math is outside of her uh, capabilities. But look, <laughs> uh, this should take about a month. That's how fast it took Amy Coney Barrett. Yep. That's how fast it should take this. Uh, there's plenty of other things to deal with. This is a nice little feather in the cap. Um, there, there's just, it's just on. The, the real thing to talk about is the already ramped up attacks that are going to happen. And they vary depending on the outlet. Um, yeah. There's the, oh, the person is already too radical. Nobody's been picked at this point. Um, the person is too liberal. Nobody's been picked at this point. To the outright, um, black women don't have the capability to be on the Supreme Court, and this is basically just a token pick, and Biden's racist for picking a token pick. So uh, that's where the... Uh, the uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and those and those and that last point varies from the the absolute dipshits in Matt Walsh to Tucker Carlson. Yeah. So this yeah. is the mainstream ideology that they have. Well, uh, you, you know, I, I I would think that because of how much importance the 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 uh, the, the far right that the Trumpians put on the Supreme Court and how that's been the one thing that you know the one thing their brains can kind of hold on to is that's the place where all of the culture wars are fought and for us are won. They've got to, they being everybody from Mitch McConnell and to Tucker Carlson, everybody's got to make a big damn stink about this, whether or not it's a, it's a fate of accompli that uh, I'm guessing, uh, what's, what's her name, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson will probably be the next justice of the Supreme Court. That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, I think that's, that's about, uh, that, that's probably right. Yeah. And look, at least... Um I ha- as far as I know, we haven't heard the uh, it's too close to election argument. Um, the closest <laughs> yeah. I have heard to it was uh, uh, Faulkner. I-, I don't remember what her first name is. Um, on Fox was saying, hey, look, you know, that argument's kind of dumb. Like we're nine. We're like nine months out. It doesn't make sense to be using that argument. Uh, not that that's so, so, but too close argument. to what election? It's to be too close to a presidential election, not to a midterm election. <laughs> the, the, the whole point, the, 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 well, the, 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 false, the false excuse that McConnell used the last time was that it was too close to a presidential election. Uh, midterms don't count for that. that that's, that's, not, that's not the way it works. But, you know, they could use anything they like as far as bullshit, you know, is, uh, bullshit is very fungible, as it were. You know, so, yeah. yeah. So let's move to some of the stupid and the dangerous. So this comes into on both sides. So let, let's start with Barry Weiss. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Barry Weiss was a New York Times uh, opinion article. She got her start when she was in college and got a professor removed or censored 
because she didn't feel that he was loyal enough to Israel and was giving too much credence to Palestinians. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, so Barry Weiss, and then she, like, canceled herself, and she's starting this, like, this, like, IDW fake college in Texas with a whole bunch of other knuckleheads. Uh -huh. um, she went on Bill Maher and basically had this, I'm done with the pandemic, you know, I, I cleaned all my clothes, I watched all Tiger King, I'm done, we can move on. Except, at that point, 2,000 people had died that day of COVID in the U.S. Yeah, I think we hit three today, or yesterday. The way COVID works uh, for people like Barry Weiss is it doesn't care. In the same way, it doesn't care that Sarah Palin is COVID and is apparently spreading it over into whatever New York City restaurant she chooses at that time. Um, just because you've decided to be over with it, and to be clear, Barry Weiss's argument for uh, 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 what over with it is or dealing with COVID is a privileged position of COVID. Yeah. She was not one of the the nurses or the doctors who were working in the hospitals around the clock the last two years. She was not a frontline worker during the peak of it or one of the workers in the the, uh, the Tyson factory. Remember when they were in the middle of the pandemic, like the first couple first uh, couple months where there was a meat shortage because yeah. Tyson basically said, we're not doing anything to protect our workers and yeah. they just kept getting sick. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Or... Um, or whoever else was like actually on the front line. So let's let's be clear about how dumb that is. Uh, the idea of I'm done with COVID is is a privileged nonsense baby brain position. Now on the other hand, we have Florida. I feel like that could be the sentence to like literally anything. Um, Florida's doing two things that are very strange. Or one, uh, they're they're writing a bill that essentially bans the teaching that LGBTQ people exist across all schools. Um, it says grade levels, but it doesn't actually say what grade the cutoff is. Uh, this would basically allow parents to sue the school if they believe that things are being taught that way. Isn't that amazing? Is, what 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 DeSantis will do? This is this is just fascinating. It's fascinating. Well, that that'll tie into my next point. But yeah. uh, the bigger the bigger more important thing is is what's happening with the monoclonals and their their uh, their uh, surgeon general. Ah. So there's two things going on. So the Regeneron and the Eli Lilly monoclonal, these are the ones that have generally been used uh, mostly by Florida. These were the ones that the Biden administration restricted a couple months ago, in part because there was, there was, there was a shortage. And it was also seven states that were like hoarding them because essentially that was how they were going to deal with the pandemic, not understanding that a treatment and a preventative are two separate things. They were pretending they're the same. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that those those uh, treatments don't work against Omicron, which That's is right. now 99% of the cases in the U.S. Right. Right. Uh, in response to that, Governor DeSantis has said that they're going to sue or attempt to sue to use Regeneron anyway. Sure, why not? Because it's it's still not effective. And then there was an interview with their with their Florida Attorney General. And to be fair to their Florida uh, Surgeon General, one of the tweets of it said that like he still said they would use Regeneron, and that's not what he said in that actual clip that was shown. And this is a problem I have all the time. Uh, 
there's two ways to know that a clip is is uh, uh, important. If it is incredibly short, it is usually because they don't want to give you context, and it's it's uh, the it's more been doctored. Yeah, it's been edited. It's been edited thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. Also, the the second and and funnier one is uh, what I call the the bench Shapiro moment, where he shows you the entirety of the clip and then pretends that the clip that he just shows you doesn't say what it did. Exactly. So this to 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 be fair to the Surgeon General. This clip, the guy asked him, was like, hey, would you still use these? And the guy was like, look, we know this one, uh, Somathodin or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. It works. But if we don't have any of that and the person is not doing well and we have access to the other ones, yeah, I'm going to tell them to use the other ones on the off chance that it works because it's not going to make it worse, which is a totally different statement than he's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm still going to use the other one. Of course, of course. But the bigger issue is he had a... He had a uh, he was talking to the, the Senate, the, the Florida Senate. I, be, I believe, I don't know if it was the Senate or a city Senate. He called the person the Senate who he was talking to. And they asked him, point blank, do vaccines help deal with COVID? Yes or no? And he couldn't give an answer. Really? That's well, fascinating. Put, he basically was like, well, you know, I believe in the science and science and, you know, there's data and... So he's political. So he had a political. He had a political gun to his head, and basically could not say that. Or he's stupid. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But here's here's the the other thing that bothers me. Um, this is moving beyond Florida. This is similar to the the trans bill. There's a there's a current thing that keeps happening. Um, this in Tennessee, they just banned the the graphic novel mouse. Uh. This in. In line with the CRT stuff, a recurring trend keeps popping up, and it's teachers or books that have to relate to the Holocaust keep either getting removed or teachers saying, we're not sure how we're supposed to teach this in accordance to the law. Yeah, it, 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 but, that, but this, this, is, this is a standard progression, and David, I'm sure you can talk to this, you know— with a lot more emotion uh, than, than most, uh, and how we, we tend to always wind up there as things get crazier and lies get projected. But please go on. And it's, first of all, the, the, I mean, the Texas bill is always worth mentioning because it says you have to teach neutrality to uh, the KKK. You, can't, you can choose whether or not you want to teach like Martin Luther King, whether you want to teach Sheila Chavez, Susan B. Ant, things like that. If your bill is about critical race theory, one, don't say what critical race theory is, and two, keep having an issue where the Holocaust, how you're supposed to teach the Holocaust, is in doubt. I'm pretty sure the thing that you're trying to ban is not what you're trying to. It's not CRT. I I I I would I think that that'd be pretty evident to thinking to people who could think. Yeah, you know. And especially if it is a multi-state thing that is happening multiple like these aren't one-offs there's multiple stories of this sure and this is coinciding with the insanity of the anti-vaxxer because they're 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 still the argument they just had the the rally at the uh, washington in, in dc where they were basically like hey you know this is this is like just as bad as the Holocaust. uh i mean this is this is a it's a it's an insane way to look at these things and to be able to to make this argument uh, in any way, shape, or form. It's 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 absurd, um, and it's like it's frankly, uh, 
it would it, it would be it would be it would be funny it would be it would be it would be almost humorous if it didn't bring up memories of how these things have progressed in 20th century history and late 20th century as well how this this willingness or this these efforts to create lies and to create the same lies about history usually precede something worse and 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 otherwise it would be my god what a bunch of assholes what a bunch of jerks blah 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 but i i i don't think we can we can't do that anymore otherwise we've learned nothing from history and there's this idea that the the only history we can teach is this right-wing history of that, course you know, slavery of course. wasn't that bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah. that existent um you know, the Holocaust is, is optional. Black people are, e are treated equally. Uh, LGBTQ kids are at danger. Like, this is the, the history that they want. And, uh, and the, with the Holocaust thing, a lot of it could also be that, like, when it comes to lawmakers, they're, they're aware of what they're doing. And it's, 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 a, uh, it's a shame protection spiral. That, like, they're aware that the history that they don't want to teach would reflect poorly on them. And they just don't want it to reflect poorly on them. It's it's but it's it's just for political. It's 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 totally rooted in political and gain and self protection of job. But after a while, again, history shows us that you can be suckered into this. And even the even if you imagine yourself to be intellectually removed from half of the bullshit you're saying, after a while, the rea a, a larger reality sets in that is a self-interest thing, and it begins to supersede anything that might have resembled intellectual honesty on your part. It's happened again and again. So we can't just dismiss this stuff. We can't. Well, no, because it's it's this this it's a it's the next step in uh, the assault on schools. Yeah. On everything, um, on, 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 our, on our entire system of, of everything, uh, on the democracy that we, that we enjoy. Uh, it's, you know, the, the, I've heard the argument so many times lately that don't worry, the moment, the moment that it becomes apparent that Trump isn't going to run, the Republican Party will instantaneously... Uh, revert to something similar to uh, the Reagan era or or pre-Bush 43. It'll it'll become recognizable as a party of ideas and ethics and morals and go right back to where it was before. And I I, I just don't I don't have any confidence in that theory whatsoever. Also because it's not an accurate description of what they were. Let's let's remember right, right. Bush ran in his reelection on a constitutional amendment banning gay marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying so, pre, yeah, pre Bush is what I'm saying. Yeah, but like that's the other. This is the most frustrating thing about this. There is no there. We're playing against a game with against a team with no playbook. They have no. There's there's no in in the in the this, the idea that this is a, a politics is a battle of ideas. They're coming to the, the table empty-handed. Yeah, none. Uh, so the fact that we're playing best a draw or a slightly ahead against a, 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 against a party that in a functioning country would not be anywhere near power for a generation after the attempted and continual attempt to end the democratic system that we have. Exactly. 
is embarrassing. Yeah. The fact that there's like, like, like I get it, Cinema and Mansion are unmovable in their ability to do things. So, uh, unfortunately for the families who lose the child tax credit, they get their, their income. But there are things Biden could do by himself that could, you know, change it. If he fuck it, if he legalized marijuana tomorrow, he would win the twenty. He would win the twenty-two uh, midterms. Huh. He would have every single person under the age of thirty vote for every single person. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't thought of that particular. Uh, uh, option that play, but that yeah, yeah, you're on. If you to want to look, there. there was just the projections from uh, that the, the economy grew at like the fastest clip since Reagan, and that it started to slow down. You want to juice the economy, make marijuana legal. Watch that system blow up because every state that's done it, it's been like over a billion dollar industry. We're yeah. talking about releasing people from jail into a massive new work uh, uh, into a massive new industry that hasn't really been tapped into for most of the country, yeah. which would be yeah. the creation of uh, a whole bunch of these stores. It would create new supply lines. It would create new uh, new marketing material. It would create uh, access to better medicines, to different medicines, because apparently CBD to some extent can help you uh, can help you deal with COVID. Uh, huh. So it like <laughs> it's such a non. It's such a, 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 a no-brainer win uh, that he could do tomorrow. And, which, and look, with the, cool. We can get into the tough-on-crime argument. I, I would Look, you know what happened? To, you want to keep fighting the war on drugs? I'm sorry, man. This is like the, the, the Australians fighting the Emu Wars. We lost the war on drugs. The drugs won the war on drugs. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's the, the, the original start to it was... Uh, inherently wrong in science and a little bit racist. The like the def- the the idea that like they're going to just keep attacking. Oh, these big cities are going to have like uh, like uh, drug centers because uh, New York opened up two of them. Yeah, let's help you. Like the more we push for things that will help the lower the the lower class, the better. And I, I don't mean just the lower class by like just uh, the workers who do drugs. I'm talking about like child tax credits there was recently a study i can't remember who did this uh it might have been yale they there was a uh, they were the one who viewed the study there was a, a group that was looking at uh brain development in children and they basically gave the families two sets of ubis they did 20 dollars a week or like 300 dollars a month for like a couple of years and surprise surprise the, the more money that they gave the families, the higher the development for their babies. And that comes with, and this is this is going to be a panel I'm going to be on on Sunday, um, the fact that having more money allows for better food and allows for higher education and, and brain function in your child. And in a country where 35 million children were hungry last year, yeah, yeah. giving them food and money and the ability to you know, function might be a good idea that there are literally like four states worth of children who are hungry in the United States. That like there's simple things that we can do to make the lives better for other people. And it is entirely frustrating that we can't. And, well, and this is just another um, just like little random point because uh, I know we're getting the end and this isn't totally off this. Um, the the rampant anti-Semitism uh, the right is just unbelievable. First off, uh, Tuck Carlson just released a documentary called uh, Hungry versus Soros. Hmm. Uh, 
where he he praises uh, the Hungarian dictator uh, uh, Erdogan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the I don't know if you caught this, but the uh, the New York State Young Republicans Club just released their first international endorsement. Do you know who it was? No. It was Erdogan. How absolutely nuts! Okay. <laughs> You 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 ask yourself what where what are they thinking and 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 why and the answer is that's the America they want they want a a fascist dictatorship yeah uh, yeah state. which which now, which which ties back reason, into all of the lies about medicine which ties into the mentality that says that if we give money to poor people well they're just going to spend it on chicken on on fried chicken and everything else because they're not smart enough or they couldn't possibly care enough about their children like white people could that's the mentality that's out there that says oh. that that, well, that that you're bucking when you're trying to have a rational discussion about the difference between 80 bucks a month and 300 bucks a month and how it plays out over time in the in the mental health and the physical health of children. But you're you're bucking that mentality that and that's been there forever. It keeps it keeps getting re-upped and re and preserved by by the rhetoric that's out there and it's out there in a particularly bad way right now. And there's, there's one more point I want to make on the Soros thing. Yeah. According to Open Secrets, do you know what number donor, like, donor he is? What? 35th. Really? According to Open Secrets, Soros is the 35th largest donor uh, in politics. But he's a name. That he, but he's a name. He, he's, he's, he's a red meat choice? name. What? Bloomberg. Who? Rupert? Yeah, okay. I get Bloomberg. Yeah. No, 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 Bloomberg. Oh, 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 Bloomberg. oh, Bloomberg. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that whenever they're talking about, like, secretly controlling stuff or, like, Laura Ingram did last night, putting up a picture with Bloomberg, uh, with Soros and money when talking about Biden's uh, SCOTUS pay, um, or when they, they have him as the puppet master for BLM or the caravans or whatever, it's kind of weird that they keep picking him. Well, because because he's he the, the base, which is not too bright and doesn't really get educated about much of anything. He's an established. You, you know, the answer to your own your own question. No, the answer to my question is it's blatant anti-Semitism. Yeah, that's what it is. Sure. And this idea that like. I mean, even that even if you went up to Bloomberg, they would do it in an anti-Semitic way anyway. Like. The idea that anti-Semitism is rising and that the left is the ones who are doing it is so laughable and it's so disgusting but it's been it's done before it's been done this way time and time again and this is the way and this is the way basically the the swift boating notion the carl rove way of doing things you always accuse your opponent of your worst action and then continue doing it and more and too and too often it wins you an election we've seen that in this country it's it's Karl Rove's great swift boating uh, move, and and so you blame the very people who you're. <laughs> David, you know you know how this works. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm well aware of this. It's it's uh, there's like two other crazy points. There's the the Newt Gingrich. They're going to try to throw the January six people, the investigators in prison for investigating what happened. Great. Also, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is this is my other favorite. Um, in Ohio. If, if Tim Ryan or the Democrat doesn't win this fucking seat against Josh Rendell, it's going to be unbelievable. This man literally doesn't understand the Constitution as he is. First off, he wants to abolish the, the Federal Reserve and replace it with Bitcoin. 
which I'm pretty sure one of them just lost like a trillion dollars because <laughs> it just it just vanished. Um, but also because he keeps making this because he actually wants a, uh, a theocracy ethno state because he keeps saying that the separation of church and state is a myth. Of course, of course, you know, it's yeah. literally the First Amendment. Yeah, well, and again, all we can do is keep pushing back and saying that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, and 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 I think ultimately our our we shouldn't be on the defensive. We should be on the offensive here. These people should be the ones who are on the defensive. They should be under rocks. The the idea that we have to defend democracy and defend our system of government as if there's something better and we're looking for a way to justify the continuation of democracy, that is, that's, that's a scary thing. We have to keep pushing with, leading with our, with our strong suit on this thing. And, and this is the stuff that, that Biden has to find ways of doing. Yes, we're going to get some temporary play on the, on the Supreme Court nomination. That won't give us much. I think that a large part of what's coming, and it'll happen this year, will be the indictment of Donald Trump, most likely by the Manhattan DA, and that'll go through, and that'll ultimately be going through the state courts because that's the low-hanging fruit. That's but the. But isn't that the civil case? That's no. The civil case is out of uh, is out of um, out of Albany. The criminal case is out of Manhattan. So that what will happen is, is that the information that Letitia James has right now and that she advertised very heavily about two weeks ago, saying that they had all the information about the, the mixed valuation of properties depending on whether you were going for a loan or having to oh, pay I taxes. I don't think that's the one we need to watch out for. The one we need to watch out for is the Georgia one. Well, the, the well, any one of those could break first. I'm saying... The easiest one from an historical precedent point of view would be to go for the financial crimes. All the other ones, all the other ones involve something that the American system of jurisprudence has been very resistant to do, and that is to go after top guys for uh, uh, stuff that, uh, well, you know. But we go after big guys all the time for financial crime. I think that'll be easier. That's the only reason why I say that. And once that happens, once an indictment comes down with Donald's name on it, that resets the entire board. And I'm just saying that we have to keep our eyes open as this year goes along. It's going to happen this year. Because if it doesn't, if the investigations of the January 6th committee, if the work going on in, the, in New York State under Letitia James, if the actions of the Manhattan District Attorney, if the actions in Georgia, which has just impaneled a, a, a special grand jury now to go through the... If all of that comes to naught, then I would make an argument. I would make the argument that our system doesn't even it, it's just not worth preserving. I think a lot of other people understand that as well. And I all think, think more than anything else also, this is going to sound, I don't know, you decide for yourself, but 
Merrick Garland is in this outrageous position. The guy who was denied a seat on the Supreme Court now has the opportunity to basically nail the SOB <laughs> who was behind the denial. I, I find that poetic justice at a level that I can't imagine. And Americans love a story like this. I would consider it a happy ending, but we'll, we'll have to see how all this plays out. David, once again, thank you so much for your input. Uh, there's so much still ahead of us. Let us know after you've been on this panel. I'd like to know how, how that came out. I imagine we'll be talking about this on the next time you join us on Center Left Radio. And, uh, well, as if you haven't given us enough to think about right now. Uh, we tend to do that on Fridays after David's been with us with a little more jazz. listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being parts of today's show. Everything is in a state of flux at the moment. There isn't much that has been resolved about where the Democrats are going. We don't really know where the midterms are going, except that Republicans and Trumpians are going to ever greater lengths to come up with greater and more outrageous uh, conspiracy theories about everything from COVID to elections and everything else to keep the base occupied. Why?